Good morning, and welcome to Current Radio. It's Monday, January 8th. Today we'll be discussing how LeBron hopes the Lakers can build on their win against the Clippers and why Arthur Smith is out in Atlanta, along with potential successors. Plus, we have the latest NFL playoff bracket and schedule, including TV times, dates, and locations. And in lighter news, Jones plans to gift Rolexes to his D-line after securing a bonus, joking, that's a couple cheeseburgers right there. All this coverage and more, up next. Welcome to Current Radio's Sports Station. Please enjoy today's selection of sports news. In a recent NBA match, the Los Angeles Lakers managed to snap a four-game losing streak with a 106-103 win over the LA Clippers. LeBron James, who led all scorers with 25 points, hopes this victory will serve as a catalyst for better performance. Helena, can you give us more insight into this game? Certainly, Stephen. The Lakers' recent performance has been shaky, with a 3-10 record in the last 13 games. However, this game saw them executing better, holding the Clippers, who had a 14-2 record in their past 16 games, to just 39.6% shooting. The Lakers also had more healthy players available, which certainly helped. Yes, D'Angelo Russell returned from a three-game absence and contributed 13 points and six assists off the bench. Jared Vanderbilt, despite an injured left heel, also made an impact. How important were these returns for the Lakers? Very important, Stephen. Russell's 11 points in the second half were crucial. Vanderbilt, who was instrumental in L.A.'s run to the conference finals last spring, made a significant impact on the defensive end. Christian Wood and Max Christie also had strong games, helping the Lakers bench outscore the Clippers' reserves 31-23. Anthony Davis mentioned that it takes the others to win championships and basketball games. Can you elaborate on that? Absolutely, Stephen. Davis is referring to the importance of the entire team's contribution to a win, not just the star players. In this game, the Lakers saw significant contributions from their bench, which Davis acknowledges made his and LeBron's job a lot easier. Coach Darvin Ham echoed this sentiment, stating that this level of team effort needs to be their standard going forward. Kawhi Leonard had a rare off night, missing 11 of 17 shots. How did this impact the game? Leonard's off night certainly helped the Lakers. He missed five of seven from behind the arc, scoring only 15 points, well below his average of 24.4 points. He also sat out crucial minutes in the fourth quarter due to a minutes restriction, which likely impacted the Clippers' performance. LeBron James endorsed his former Cleveland Cavaliers coach, Ty Lue, despite the Clippers' loss. What's your take on that? James has a lot of respect for Lue, having won a championship together in Cleveland. He's confident in Lou's ability to turn things around for the Clippers, despite this loss. It's a testament to the respect and camaraderie that exists between players and coaches in the NBA. Indeed, it's always interesting to see these dynamics play out. Now, in a surprising turn of events, the Atlanta Falcons have decided to part ways with coach Arthur Smith after three seasons. This comes after a disappointing 48-17 loss to the New Orleans Saints. Now the Falcons are on the hunt for a new coach. Helena, our sports analyst, is here to help us understand this decision. Helena, why did the Falcons decide to fire Smith? Steven, the primary reason seems to be the team's inconsistent performance under Smith's tenure. 
the Falcons never won more than two games in a row under Smith, and both of his last two seasons had at least a three-game losing streak. The team's quarterback play was also a significant issue. Smith had four starting quarterbacks in his three seasons, and the decision to go with Desmond Ritter, who was prone to turnovers and critical mistakes, may have been the final straw. So it seems like Smith's decision-making and play-calling were also questionable at times. Can you give us some examples? Certainly, Stephen. A notable example was the game against the Carolina Panthers in Week 15. Smith opted for a conservative game plan against a one-win Panthers team, a decision that contributed to Atlanta's 9-7 loss and put their playoff hopes in jeopardy. The Falcons also had one of the NFL's easiest schedules, but failed to capitalize on it, losing to teams that finished in the bottom 10. Despite these issues, it seems like the players had a lot of respect for Smith. Can you tell us more about the locker room's reaction to his departure? Yes, Stephen. The players genuinely enjoyed playing for Smith and often backed him when questions about his job popped up late in the season. They appreciated his handling of them as players and his approach to accountability. Even after the blowout loss to the Saints, multiple players expressed hope that the coaching staff would return in 2024. Right guard Chris Lindstrom even called Smith the best coach he's ever had. So, what's next for the Falcons, especially at the quarterback position? The new coach will dictate that, Stephen. But it seems clear that neither Ritter nor Taylor Heineke are the answers. While Ritter showed flashes of success, his frequent turnovers made him an ineffective starter. Heineke also had issues, completing only 54.4% of his passes for 890 yards, five touchdowns, and four interceptions. The new coach will have to decide whether to pursue a veteran starter or take a rookie in the upcoming draft. And who might the Falcons target as their next coach? That's a tough question, Stephen. Teams often go for a candidate with prior head coaching experience. Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh would be an obvious choice as he's had success in college and the NFL. Detroit offensive coordinator Ben Johnson could also be a good fit given the similarities between Atlanta's offensive playmakers and Detroit's. If the Las Vegas Raiders decide not to keep interim head coach Antonio Pierce, he would be worth considering given his performance this season. It's certainly a challenging time for the Falcons, but it seems like they have a lot of potential. Now, let's turn our attention to the wild card round of the 2023 NFL playoffs, which is set and shaping up to be an exciting weekend of football. The Cleveland Browns and the Houston Texans will kick off the action. The San Francisco 49ers and Baltimore Ravens, the one seeds in their respective conferences, have earned buys through to the divisional round. Helena, can you walk us through the schedule? Absolutely, Stephen. The wildcard weekend will feature games on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. That's January 13, 14, and 15. The Monday game, which is the Philadelphia Eagles at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, will air on ESPN, ESPN2, ABC, and ESPN+. The divisional round will take place the following weekend, January 20-21, and will determine who moves on to the conference championships on January 28th. And what about the matchups for the wildcard weekend? Who's playing who? In the NFC, we have the Green Bay Packers at the Dallas Cowboys, the Los Angeles Rams at the Detroit Lions, and the Philadelphia Eagles at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The San Francisco 49ers have a bye. 
Over in the AFC, it's the Cleveland Browns at the Houston Texans, the Miami Dolphins at the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. The Baltimore Ravens have a bye. So the divisional round is set for January 20th and 24th. What can we expect there? Well, in the NFC, the one-seed 49ers will host the team with the lowest seed. Similarly, in the AFC, the one-seed Ravens will host the team with the lowest seed. The specific game times will be announced at a later date. And all this leads up to Super Bowl L8. Where and when is that happening? Super Bowl L8 will be played at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas on February 11th. The game will air on CBS, and Usher will be performing during the halftime show. Sounds like we have some thrilling football ahead of us. Now, let's shift our focus to a recent game against the Los Angeles Chargers, where Kansas City Chiefs' Chris Jones made a sack that not only helped his team but also made him $1.25 million richer. Now, Helena, this wasn't just any sack, was it? Indeed, Stephen. This sack was Jones' 10.5th of the season, which triggered a bonus he had negotiated into his contract at the start of the season. And Jones already has plans for the money. He's planning to buy Rolex watches for his entire defensive line, the defensive coordinator, and the coaches. That's quite a generous gesture. Now, this sack also sparked quite a celebration among Jones and his teammates, didn't it? Absolutely. Jones had shared his Rolex plans with his line mates, which no doubt contributed to the enthusiasm of the celebration. Charles Omanihu, one of the players celebrating with Jones, said he'd never seen an older player do something like that. It was a special moment for the team. Now, the Chiefs had already clinched the AFC West title and the third conference playoff seed. They even benched stars Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kels for the game against the Chargers. So, why was Jones playing in this game? Well, Stephen, Jones had an agreement with coach Andy Reid to play the first quarter only. But when he didn't make the sack in the first quarter or the first half, he asked Reid for one more series. Reid agreed, and that's when Jones made the sack. Reid said he agreed to play Jones in what was essentially a meaningless game for the Chiefs because of the money involved. So, it seems like Jones's persistence paid off and Reed's comment about the $1.25 million being a couple of cheeseburgers is quite amusing. Now, as we wrap up our stories for today, we want to thank you for listening to Current Radio, and we look forward to bringing you more stories tomorrow.